Hello and welcome in to Limited Time Only, brought to you by Sorare Data. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdinho on Sorare. Joined once again by Keith Jamison, GatorGuy231, or as the chat is now calling him, Donuts oh. in a Prius Charlatan. Keith, you owe us. You still owe us. Donuts in a Prius. You know, you know, with the way that the NBA landscape is going, I thought I could just slip that by. But, you know, we've got, we've got uh, some true sickos in here. Sickos in a good way. <laughs> in that a good go, way, yeah. um, <laughs> that go They go across the sport, across the streams. So we'll figure something out. We'll get, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, thank you, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, this is a weird time, random time for us, I think. Uh, to be honest, I don't really know what time it is here. I don't know what time <laughs> it is there. <clears throat> it's just a total mess in terms of timing. But thanks, everyone, for coming in. Um, we were not going to we were not going to discuss this topic specifically but it came up in one of the comments from our stream last week and so <clears throat> i saw it come up and i was just like maybe we should talk about this because it is something that i struggle with and something that keith tries to get me to get over and he's failed so far i struggle with it just it as much though I'm a liar. Uh, so like, is, if I'm trying to get you over it, I'm trying to get myself over it. It's like self-coaching. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to read this comment here because from when it, where it came from last week was at uh, Man United Toby is the, the YouTube uh, handle. I have no idea what his so rare handle is. Maybe the same. And maybe he's here. Who knows? But he said, I come from a gambling background, poker and sports betting. Not that so rare is gambling. But anyway... He said, and the amount of sunk cost fallacy I've seen in the Sawyer community is beyond anything I've ever seen. It's absolutely crazy to me. Once I buy a card, the price doesn't matter to me. If I don't think it's a good card for me anymore, I'll have no issues selling it for a loss because value is fluctuating. Now, there was a time where I was like adamant about never taking losses on cards. And then I decided I was never going to take an ETH loss on a card and then i just went this is dumb why am i literally holding oh you skipped a step you said i will never take an eth loss then eth went to four thousand that was about the time like when eth was four thousand and you realized everything in your gallery was an eth loss because eth pushed down so yeah, much yeah, it yeah. was so high that might be true, but but I feel like in that respect, the way I looked at it was uh, I was still kind of like accumulating ETH. I was like benefiting from that by getting more. Right. And so I was okay with, again, I'm just convincing myself something. But And then, yeah, and then once I sold my limiteds, that's really when it opened up to me that I was like, what I bought something for doesn't matter as much as what I can get for it, meaning what I can turn what I have now into something else. And so when I sold my limiteds to get messy, it was like, okay, if I had tried this eight months ago, 18 months ago, like I could have done it because the limiteds were worth more, but the messy was worth more. And I realized that how... I was going to say like destructive, but that's very dramatic, but like detrimental it is just to have this thought in your mind of, I cannot take a loss on this, even though it's like, if I get rid of this thing that I paid whatever for to get this other thing and I can, that other thing will help me recoup from rewards or whatever. That's good. And yet it was just like, it took me so long to get there. And 
admittedly, I still don't like to do it, but I, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, I think it's such a complicated topic. It's almost why I didn't want to do it. I think yeah. it's a good talk, but I'm like, ah, I'm kind of scared to do this one. Because, you know, I think um, the two of us sometimes get perpetuated as the, uh, just have fun, guys. Just have fun. It's a game. You know, and I, and I think that we both feel the fun aspect, but also know, you know it's just like me and DFS or the gentleman that sent in the comment with gambling or just so many different things. Like fun is also the aspect of building towards this like grand prize, which we don't even like know what it is. Right. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know, what was Something. the one show you did? Well, no, remember what you did? What was the one show you guys, I think it was an Andrews, but um, you know, once you've won an Mbappe, like once you've won like an Mbappe super rare, are you done? Like, right. Do you just go, all right, guys, it's been real. Everybody see you later. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's like this floating target, right? We talked to AJ Wen Moon uh, after he won the Mbappe Super Rare during the World Cup, and he he has said like I felt I feel like I have won so rare, but he keeps playing. There, there's no he didn't walk away. He didn't, you know. It's like so he keeps going, and so you're right. There is kind of like this never ending goal that doesn't that or never is maybe it's an always wow. I don't know what I did to do that. Uh, anyway, um, for those listening, some balloons just popped up. What did I do? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I <laughs> muted real quick because there was a doorbell. So I just quickly yeah, muted. I don't, I don't know if it caught my. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, what was I? The balloons like totally threw me off here. Oh, about winning. Yeah, yeah. So like we and and I think Surface actually asked me this once during an off topic, but with like, what is your what are your goals in so rare? And I'm like, I don't know, just like win as much as I can. Like that's all I want to do. And there are things that we do with our own galleries that make it harder for us to achieve goals, whatever they are. And some cause fallacy is one that like fits into so many of those because we just don't want to do it. Yeah. So do you think I'm going to pose this question to you? Because I think this is the right answer, but it's a really hard way to look at it. Is and I actually blame Sora data for this, by the way, in okay. so many parts because you do the, the this display of the data is right there. Like whether I want to see it in ETH or I want to see it in fiat, all I have to do is click a button and look at the card, and it just will tell me. Like right there, here's the recent average. Here's what you paid. Here's the floor price. What do you want to do about it? Like this, these are facts. This isn't like this isn't a suggestion. Yeah. This is where, where things are at right now. But isn't the answer to look at the the card in question? Go. What are you doing for me? And then look at the other card that I assume that we're thinking could do more for us. And go. Is that difference or is that same or is that trade? Is that is that just where we should go and not think about the past, not think that, you know, like my biggest one as I was preparing, a little preparing for this last night was I have a Dusan Tadic rare. You probably are in the same situation as me. Um, was 3.2 ETH, which at this time was $6,000. And now the floor is $510 or that's like 0.19 ETH. You still have it though. 
still shows up in my gallery every day that I go into Soder Data as the card I've won the most with. Oh, well, there you go. See, you're but fine. it still doesn't. But you know what? It's still actually that's just like this um, consolation prize in my head. <laughs> so it, it's funny you say that because we have discussed that literally this week. Uh, meaning, Soder Data internally that so many people completely ignore the value of rewards one when it comes to return on cards that we feel like we need to do a better job of showing that and making it more visible so that you don't are just looking at your three e Tadich that's now worth 0.1 and being like well you are ter clearly terrible because you bought this card for a lot and now it's worth nothing and that's it and people kind of i, I think that's one of the huge things that i keep saying to people who are frustrated about falling values. And it's like, well, did you look at how much you've won with the card? And sometimes people are like, oh, I've won nothing because I just, and that, that's, that happens for sure. But I think that is a part that we, we forget. And so. Wouldn't yeah, the answer right. be too, if you just look at that, that card, you've given it like eight to 10 weeks and you have won nothing that you probably should, it, it probably needs to just be changed up for something that does just cause a win. I mean, I have plenty. I mean, that's one of the things we talked about this, what, like two weeks ago, when you um, when you get too much, like, you know, or I guess that's maybe even like a strategy show, like uh, depth versus dross, right? And you think that you have depth, but you just really have dross. And then you start looking through, you're like, actually, that card right there, I've never won, but oh, I'm like down 70% on that. I can't really touch that. Are you going to play him in lineup this week? Nope. Nope. He's not very good. But, you know, he's down 70%. What can I do about it? What can I do? Yeah. <clears throat> um, Isn't that the whole the, problem with the, with the sunk cost fallacy, though? So I think, I think there's a difference, though, which I'll get into in a second. Um, Tobias here, which I'm assuming is Man United Toby, said, is this because of my comment on last week's video? Yes, it is. So thank you for that comment because um, <laughs> it gave us the topic here. Um, I'm going to catch up a little bit because I saw just, I don't want to ignore this. So where Siegel said that they set an alarm to catch this live. So thank you for doing that. And Charles got his first podium this week in Champ Europe Limited, which is an absurd achievement. Um, so bravo to that. Um, is Shoei Atani's move to the Dodgers an example of sunk cost fallacy? I think that's like the exact opposite. I can't think of what it was. It's like future dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flying cost fallacy. I don't know. <laughs> and Mike Basson said we're in a codependent relationship on this matter, which is completely true. Um, so <clears throat> let me see here. Uh, here we go. CM Star said, sunk cost fallacy plays a big part in your life, not just sore, like people staying in a shitty relationship because you've invested years, you're fundamentally have to change your behavior in life, which is true. Uh, and Toby said, past values are irrelevant, or at least it should be. The one that I find, the thing that I keep thinking in my head, as opposed to thinking somewhere else, um, is that I, I tend not to have the problem if I'm trading the card than if I'm trying to sell it. Even if it's, even if I could sell it, I mean, obviously it's like, oh, I have, you have this Tadich card and you're like, oh, I can trade it for whatever similarly priced card. And you're like, all right, that like, I can do that. What I can't do is sell the Tadich for the market price 
use those funds to buy the other card at market price <laughs> because I'm like, oh, because I'm like ex experiencing a loss there. Whereas I feel like if I trade, I'm like, well, if it comes back, then maybe I can like if I can if this card that I'm trading for this 0.15 card could go to three ETH one day more than Tadic, maybe it's okay. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> even more within the fallacy, I think sometimes is like you're presented with an undeniable reality that that Tadic, I, I don't know why we're using this as an example. So apologies that we're using a rare card as an example here. Just when I was going through that, I was like the biggest outlier. But that Tadic will never, it's never going to be worth that again. Like it, it doesn't matter what happens to so rare. It's not mm -hmm. going there. So is it just unmovable? Because in my head, like I'm not even considering it because of that. I mean, he's a, he's an okay card. It's maxed out XP. Like it, it's fine, right? But I I wouldn't even consider it. And I think a lot of it's because that's just the albatross. I, I just as long as I keep winning with it in my head, yeah, I'm yeah, making yeah. up value. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I do think that that one is a bit of an outlier. Like I feel like. It's more like the cards you bought for a hundred dollars that are worth sixty-five now, right. and you're just like, yeah, I don't want to sell that for you know, take a loss on that. And what's weird is that I think what I would describe before is exactly what happened with my limiteds. That when I had like pre-sale of my first wave of limiteds, it was like I could sell a ton of them. I could sell them all, but it would be mostly at a loss. And I guess I actually ended up doing exactly what I said I didn't like to do, but I like sold them all and then bought messy. But I just like feel like I put them directly in. And it just I'm I'm not there yet. I like I'm mm -hmm. we are literally hosting a show here about how sunk cost fallacy gets you in trouble. And I it still gets me in trouble. There are tons of cards that I should sell in my gallery that I don't use. Actually, I don't have it quite as many, but like I should get rid of. And it's like, man, but you, like you said, you look at it so rare data and you're like, it shows you the price you paid and then what it's worth now. And you're just like, maybe I'll hold on to it. Yeah. Did you, did you look through any of like your galleries as we were thinking about this, like from this lens? Um, I didn't, I didn't specifically look through it now. Okay. So this, like, is... I know, some, I know the cards in my gallery that are just like albatrosses. <laughs> You're like I didn't need a reminder. Yeah, yeah. The show didn't. I didn't seek out paid like I did last night. I'm like, oh, just before bed, this would be a great thing to go to sleep with. Um, yeah. So I will tell you the the one thing that I would say. I would love for chat to fill this in real quick. Like, what do you think in? Do you think in ETH or do you think in cash? I think our thought process is in limited. Almost everybody thinks more in fiat and cash. Um. I still think in ETH and I'm making the transition, but I will tell you, you look at everything in ETH, especially if you've been on, if you've been making buys six, nine months, it's going to not feel so great. But then you flick over to that cash filter. It's not as bad. Like I'm, I'm looking through my limited gallery right now and the fiat parts on it, like the cards that I thought were like, I, I'm like absolutely sunk on. It's not as bad. Not as bad. Well, that's good. GG's. The 
it just seems kind of funny like oh i don't like the look of this let me just change it so that it <laughs> yeah. looks good. But, but that's such a unique aspect of it and that like you you started this off by saying you know that you you even kind of had that own little change oh i you know hey i'm never gonna, gonna sell a card at a loss ah, i'm never gonna sell a card at an eth loss eh, it's okay like you went through that whole roller coaster of emotions and i think sometimes the justification and back to the original comment is it doesn't matter what we bought it at the card's worth what it's worth is the card worth better more to us right now in cash slash eth slash purchasing power let's just call it purchasing power or is it worth more in utility yeah that really yeah. should be the question utility or purchasing power not i made a mistake so i think you're totally right about that and i feel like a lot of the a lot of the problems that people have come from just thinking that like they they're playing the game they're playing so5 like they buy cards to play the game but then it's like okay you should sell this you should get rid of this card to get this other one and they were like no i can't because I paid this for that card. And you're like, oh, I didn't know you were a trader. They're like, no, 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 I'm not a trader. I just like to, I, I play. And you're like, well, there's a better card over there that you can get with this card over here. Just go get it. And you're like, no, 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 I can't because I paid. I bought this card for a lot. I got to get my money back. And I feel like we all become traders in our heads when we are when we have to think about selling at a loss. And we're like, well, traders don't do that. They just hold until it's good. And you're like, well... <laughs> You're and, giving up the opportunity to get better then. And there's actually another fallacy. The best traders trade for what it's worth. Like when I, I'm not, I'm not here to call myself like a great trader or anything, but <clears throat> you know, that, that really is how I got my start. Like, you know, you and I were talking we were like kind of reminiscing yesterday about like, what was like our like big break or whatever on server that we're able to grow our galleries. You know, mine was actually trading. And one thing, when I was doing a lot of trades, I was really good identifying when I bleeped up. Like, I thought this you would happen. Out mess? Thought, what's that? Did you have to bleep out the word mess when I messed up? <laughs> but it it would be like, all right, I'm going to buy this backup goalkeeper because I just saw news that the goalkeeper got injured. You know, let's go ahead and we'll use like Matt Ryan this week, right? Matt Ryan drops a dumbbell on his eye or whatever. And you're like, oh, that is really bad. Or Moose Lara. There's a really good one. Moose Lara from what, three weeks ago? Is that a good yeah. one? So if anybody doesn't know, Moose Lara like goes to run out on a ball, gets like his elbow stepped on slash kicked, goes off. Everybody's like, what was it? It was supposed to be like a dislocated elbow. Yeah, I think it was that's like, exactly what it was. I think the original note was a dislocated elbow, has to go out. We get the middle finger graph on the backup uh, goalkeeper. You know, goes from being probably, you know, I'd probably say like five to six X in a day. Because dislocated elbow, we got some Twitter doctors out there with so rare degrees as well that are talking to us about, you know, it's going to be weeks, months, depends if he needs surgery. Mm-hmm. Next weekend, he's back. he's back. He's back, right? So, but the moment and and the funniest thing is, is like if you were like a trader or if you were just like speculating and stuff, and you were watching the news, it's not as bad as it originally. Now, if you're holding on to him, 
Sorry, you keep going, going down, baby. It's going down. So it's like, are you? And then I, you know, I've even known some people in the past who go, well, I'm just going to get one start out of him. I'm just going to get one start out of him, and I'll be able to recoup. No, no, no. <laughs> you are not, especially if Muslera shows up there on the bench for the next game. So, you know, those are the situations, though, that go, all right, I just bought an asset and speculation that I thought was going to shoot up and it is not going to happen. Got to get out. And you might have to take a 33% loss because that speculation was false. I didn't even realize he didn't even get a start. He didn't I thought he got started. one. He didn't it even was get the a next start. week. It was it was literally, it was I think mid-week. it was even like midweek and yeah. Muslera shows up for the Champions League. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> or, 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 you know, we have right now, we had Colin Kelleher, right? It came up because yeah. Allison, five to eight weeks, wasn't even two. That one was wild. I can't believe how quickly he came back. Um, I'm curious, given your uh, own line of business here, outside of so rare, but Nelson says, I see uh, cards as a fluctuating investment like property. Market prices go up and down, and everyone's in the same boat with prices with prices varying. You still have the card no matter what. So there's one. Are cards rental properties? <laughs> I don't think it, I, I. I think it's way too different to do that because cards we always have a fixed inventory coming, and we don't know exactly how many players are coming in. If you knew, like. Let's call it the supply of new users was coming mm-hmm. at a specific rate and was going to outpace the supply of cards being done. Then, yeah, I mean, that's a good investment because there's going to be a demand of the cards. But what we're actually seeing right now is that the cards are going to outpace users. Mm. So, you know, right now you want to get your utility, but reality behind the cards is economics say they should probably keep dropping. <laughs> Right. I hate right. to be the, I hate to be that guy, but if you just like take your so rare hat off and you just like made an evaluation afterwards, is well they're going to keep printing cards, which they should do. I, I you know I think was it Dan or somebody on Twitter that said you know we appreciate the concern around printing cards, but that is actually our business, so mm-hmm. we're going to keep printing cards. I mean, it's going to keep just trickling a little bit. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Nelson oh, also said, on the flip, we have cards that doubled in value, but we don't sell them as we feel they're too good to get rid of, which is also <laughs> something we all love to do. Were you going to say something? That's, no, it's just the oh. truth. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. now they're too good to sell. They they ripped two straight hundreds, Laird. You can't sell them now. You can't sell them now, yeah. Uh, Sam is asking why it looks like I'm in an airplane toilet. So like... Are you, have you been <laughs> airplanes that have windows in the bathroom? But Sam, I'm in uh, I'm in Lyon this week. I'm in France, so that's what I mean. This is not my house, so I didn't get to decorate it. I will say, I was going to bring this up on on Andrews, but I don't know if it's actually happening this week. But I chose this bedroom because this was on the bed when I came in. Anyway. Yeah, was that an was that an invitation? Oh, yeah. it wasn't upside down. It wasn't upside down. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> sickos. It does. I, yeah, that's fair. It does kind of look like a shower curtain. It, yeah, it's cotton though. But yeah, no, it's uh, anyway. I've definitely um, taken videos in my past life from a bathroom because the audio 
when you had screen. Yeah, yeah, audio is usually pretty good. But I think no judgment. Uh, yeah, but again, not a. There's a bed right here. Um, let's see. Oh, Mike said IX was the same when everyone thought Gorder was getting in when Rui got hurt and then Ramaj got the gig. Didn't Gorder get hurt too though? Yeah, I'm not sure. Gorder also just proved to be really bad at. He's really bad keeping. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. You know that. I think within like, well done, Nanto. Uh, I think that's the other thing though within like like these sunk cost fallacies and stuff too, is um, you know you buy a card because you project the guy to be good. He's a wonder kid. Um, he's going to take off. He just needs an opportunity, and the opportunity comes. He's not so wondrous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that people struggle really hard on those to get off, like to get off the card. They're just like, it's going to come good. Just needs a good move. Maybe I'll go on loan to a lower division. Oh. Do you think, do you think we're going to get a response to this video? Cause you were mentioning how uh, you and I are like that. Oh, just have fun. Blah, blah, blah. And now we're like, Hey, just sell your cards at a loss because it's, you know, sunk cost fallacy and all that stuff. I don't know. We have 34 minutes to make a really inflammatory comment. I don't think we've gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've had any super hot takes just yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Give us a little fair. time, guys. Okay. Chat, chat, kind of uh, <laughs> churn us up a little. <laughs> I um, I don't really know what else to say on this topic, to be honest. If because it, I was. Uh, maybe I should just go through my gallery and see what I should sell. I I will say that when I got my, like, I think that there, what do you, here we go. What do you think is more, and I want to say it's one is like detrimental, but do you think it's better or worse to not sell cards that have vastly increased in value or not sell them that have decreased? I think it's just bad, isn't it? But just both of them? I mean, it's probably I'll go fifty-one forty-nine worse that yeah. you get the guys taking off and you don't sell because that might be your only chance. Like I think it's really funny to me, and again, I do this too, but like the so many people talk about how ROI is like the the thing in this game. And we buy these cards because we think either they're going to go up in value or they're going to help us in SO5. And then they go up in value and we don't sell them. And it's like, well, they're not going to go up forever. And I think the problem that a lot of people have is they want to sell, they want to be like the absolute top, which only one person is going to be the absolute top. And when those cards inevitably come back down, there, there's a whole like, oh man, if only I had. And even if you sell, like this goes into the whole like, oh, any profit is profit. But like I've had a few that we talked about on the show. Like I had the Leeds guys, somebody was mentioning earlier, Somerville and Rudder, like I had them. I bought, I think I bought both of them for like 25 and I sold them around 30 and then they went to like over 50. And I, I was like complaining to you and you were like, yeah, but you, you sold them because you thought they were worth more and you got more. And I was like, yeah, but and you're like, there's no, but once you sold them, you're out. Like you cannot... You can't like but, look back at that, but I feel like people think that they want they focus on ROI so much, and then are given these opportunities to realize that profit and don't. So what just happened to you though is actually a very unhealthy thing I have in my so rare life. 
that we can digress on. All right. So I saw a guy in that situation. Um, he's dead to me. Like, I, 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 I don't ever want to see the graph again because, especially when he's taking off, and I like see little notifications in the Leeds game. Somerville scored. If I would have had that card, I just would like ignore the reality that he scored and just probably pretend that he's not crushing. Like I don't want to look. I don't want to see. Even though the guy's yeah. gone, it's like a personal insult to me that he uh, that he scored. You, you, you jerk what are you doing and then the worst part is when the inevitability comes in like two months and i need like a card like i need i need a u23 limited forward and sure enough leads comes up gold matchup somerville's taking all their set pieces i won't consider him because i'll see now the new price and go i sold for way too less i can't get back in that's exactly what I've done recently. <laughs> but how unhealthy is that? For our gallery, for our winning, Absolutely. for our mental Absolutely. health. So uh, Maxwell here says, thinking of selling my uh, rudder by bought for 14, it's difficult not to sell for 40. So like, but, but why? Thinking about, right. like he hasn't sold. Obviously hasn't sold. But I think the why is... Um, is because you're like, oh, they can keep scoring well. Like but, you get to a point where you're like, it's okay if the price doesn't go any higher, but be, but like I can keep winning, and like some uh, shoot, there was here it is CJ. There's so many players' cards to buy that can be comparable in scores to the players you have in your gallery. I think it's good to lock in profit where you can and then buy someone to replace him. But when you have someone who's like super hot, you're just like, there's no one like him. He's the best player in the game. Well, and, and now you got the emotional attachment because he's been crushing it and right. he was in your score last time. Um, so I actually think that that's a really good 180 on the sunk cost, cost fallacy. Is like, I don't have a name for it, but it's the other way around, which is. I have gotten this guy for so little. Now he's worth so much and he's awesome. Like the, if this was a true stock market, I, and I use that, like the biggest air quotes I could possibly make. Sure. You probably should sell. You probably should just like go, but then you actually go in the stock market. Well, he's kind of getting me like a dividend. You know, he's kind right. of making me money, like, as we go, should I really do that? And then the worst part of the whole thing goes, all right, so, like, bless that rudder. Got up to bottom for 12, got up to 40. This is great. He's making me money. You know, I've made $60 off of him, so really it's, like, a $100 card now. So now am I just rolling in, like, I'm kind of risk-free on him? Or should I go ahead and make that move? Laird, I'm so sorry. We should not be using guys in the future. Let's not use guys that's layered has sold because now I, I brought him up for the next three minutes. <laughs> Didn't I bring him up? I think so. Yeah, but I don't think you brought you know him what? up to eventually come to the graph. <laughs> this one might be. Worse, oh, like... is this therapeutic? Not oh, really. No, oh not really at all. Look at that. <laughs> oh my god, he's eighty dollars. $80. The thing is, I could never have used these. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know what the word... So, let me let me ask you a question while we're on this. What feels... God, this is so mean. I'm sorry. Look at this. this is, <laughs> I know. I know. They're comparable players. So, this is mean. <clears throat> so, I'm sorry. 
when you look at that, mm. what what do you think is actually like what hurts more? The all those scores that you missed out on or the upside that you missed out on the, the, price? the profit? Um I'm I'm going to say the price. Um because I think that's the same with me, by the way. So yeah, I, I think it's because winning with those cards requires more than just those two cards. Like I could have easily had both of those cards and they each bang 90s, and then I finish with like 298 points. And it's like, oh well, like it almost feels like I would have wasted them. Um but I mean none of it feels good. I do you think that how you answer that question probably says a lot about your own like so rare goals or what you're doing? Like, are you looking at the price or are you looking at the man? I had eight game weeks that he was banging that I'm fist bumping all of that. Nanzo says yield is greater than everything. Selling a card that's crushing and earning rewards is asinine. So, but like, why is selling for a profit not part of the yield? Yeah, Nanzo, I would love to actually hear this too. Kind of what he just said. Why is locking that profit in on that card? Why is that not part of your yield game? Glenn said, Jesus, I have a rare rudder. Didn't realize how much he was going for now. Yeah, there That's there you go. Um yeah. Uh, Kev said, I bought a, a James Ward Prowse limited preseason for 28 pounds when he started the season banging dark greens and went up to 95. I knew I should have sold and bought back later. He is selling for 30 now. So that's another one. I saw that comment. I meant to come back to it. That's another one I've personally struggled with a ton because now, even though I sold for 28, could sell for 30, maybe take a small loss with market fee. In my head, then all of a sudden, I'm starting to look at it as 95. Because I could have sold and I had like the the inclination to sell higher. Mm -hmm. That now now even though I'm actually not losing on the card, I feel like I lost on the card. It it does seem the the whole buying back thing is really interesting to me because I don't think I've ever actually done it. And I feel like part of it is because of what you said before. Like once you sell a guy, he's dead to you. And I actually wanted to point out, where was this mic? I think it was my, here it is. They're dead to me once I unfollow them on SofaScore. Keith still gets Lucas Zellerion notifications on SofaScore. So. And Potswella. And, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So like, I don't think, uh, where was I going with that? Yeah, so like what Nanzo said before, I feel like yield, like that's basically gaming yield versus like trading yield. And even if you were able to yield, like yield from the game really well from that card previously, that doesn't mean you're going to continue to. And if selling the card actually ends up being more, can generate more yield than you would winning in, you know, whatever time frame, then I don't see the problem in selling that card. But again, the buying back, I just, we've talked about it for collections. Like Nep is always like, oh, and someone pops. I mean, you literally have it this game week. Yeah. You have didn't sell overnight. And it was like, should I sell this card? And I'll just like buy it back later. I think it's a little different with collections, but the, 
yeah, th that whole concept of buying back is, I struggle with that one. So I'm going to give an example that you know well, and I'm sorry that on LTO it's a super example, but it's the best one I can think of because it happened like two different times. So I had a, uh, back in the day when I was, uh, I hope lovingly known as Gold Guy 231 because Sora wouldn't let me change my name. Um, had a, remember I had, I had a super rare Ryan Gold, started out the season, okay, not so good was able to sell for more. So I'm like, the role has changed. Julian Gressel's there. He's taking the set pieces. It's not as good as I thought it was. And then he starts going crazy. Had a chance. I got him back for just a little bit more than I paid because they were going to have like six straight home games. And then I sold again. I was so well sell out at a profit again. And now I don't, I, unless... That price gets so per I, I don't know if I can get back in. Like, shouldn't I? Like in a in a real world, I should made profit twice on the card. That should probably be like baked in that I'm allowed to pay a little bit more than I had previously. But in my head, it's gone. I was able to win some stuff with him too. But then the problem with gold is that he crushed as soon as I got rid of him, and that's like this like weird like pain that. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to accept like uh, come to grips with that. It, it's a very like uh, confusing situation for me. Like CJ, as a card owner, yeah. CJ and Chad here said the same thing. It's like it hurts when you sell a guy for some profit and then he goes on a heater, just like you with gold. And mm -hmm. he said, but I think it's worse when you hold and then they drop four or five scores in a row that are below forty and their price keeps dropping. And right. the worst part is, is that when their price drops because of their bad scores you're also not winning with them because their right. scores are killing your lineups. It's like a double win. And, and worse, where I don't think that we spend enough time, and I don't know if there's a tool that you guys could ever build to show it. Um, I think sometimes the worst thing we can do with all of the sunk cost fallacy aspect is hold on to a card because of this, because it's a loss, but keep playing. Because here's the other thing too, because now that we know when we're like on lineup builder, and we're we're building our lineups. You know in your head how much that card costs. So you're yeah. at least I've done this. I've felt like I've sometimes tried to shoehorn him into a lineup. Like, okay, well the match was really good. He's a really good player. I mean, I paid five grand for him. I I, I, sh I can get him into this lineup, and then he still sucks. And everybody else in that lineup bangs. And let's say you get a tier three or tier four. Now all of a sudden you're sitting here justifying, okay, well, I won the card with him. It's like, no, 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 no. Tadich right there completely screwed that lineup. You had yeah. 200s, you had a 92 and you had an 80 and then Tadich dropped 40. If you would have done anybody else, you were like sweating for a podium. But instead now we're, you know, Silver Data. Sorry, I, I'm not taking shots at Silver Data, by the way. It's just the way that goes. Solar data is now pushing that into my Tadich card rewards. So now I'm looking like I'm getting a little bit of yield off of that. Even though he was, yeah, he was the worst one. But he he's <clears> like, <throat> it should almost be an opportunity lost. If you were <laughs> the same, if the same price tag for the Tadich that you could have bought a, I have, I have no idea prices on the guys, but let's just call it paint sill from Gink. Mm -hmm. You could have bought a paint sill and he hit 80. You would have won this. That's, that would be so pump, painful. Pump, pump it, pump it, Maxwell. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, where was that? Alex says always sell on a purple patch. Like we, we all real like reasonably know that guys do not have endless careers of eighties. Once they hit 80, you know, it's like, we know that there's going to be a spot where they struggle and we just don't want to, we don't want to give up big scores before they're done, but we also don't want to hold when it's too late. But it does seem like the the profit is profit is helps you get through that. But I don't know. It's still it's it's a difficult one because the like like I said, like you just think you convince yourself that the scores are just going to keep going, and you're like, oh look look at this schedule coming up, and it looks pretty good, and it's usually like you are overstating the value or the, the potential of that card in the short term. And that's what ends up keeping, making you keep the card. Um, Mike also said with collections now, it's harder to sell and buy back with first owner cards, which is definitely true. But he said, if it's a lot easier to do it, if you bought like a card on the secondary market, and then you could even just buy back on the primary, like it even it like helps your, helps your collection in that respect. So that's a good point, Mike. Just the, the the key is to remember to go buy them back, which is hard. Well, I feel like it's actually easier if it's a collection because it's like a missing sure. piece. So like you're constantly so, reminded what you're missing as opposed to if you sell Tadic and you're like, man, one day you're like, man, I could really use a Turkish Super League forward if they ever play again. You're like, right. Oh, who's the best one? Oh, here's here's the example, Laird, because I already know what your answer is going to be. And I'm just setting you up. So, you know, you have your... Uh, Christopher Olsen, you finally get a Midland print of him. He goes in, and all of a sudden, he just rips like three straight weeks. And he quadruples in price. And you're like, season's ending. All right. I'm going to go ahead and do this. I don't actually think you would. But let's just say that you justify that I'm going to sell, and you get him sold. And now his price continues to go up. Data daddy. <laughs> Maxime says hi, everyone. Um, but do you sell? I mean, would you buy back? Or would you keep going, ah, going to wait for that price to drop? So is this like, uh, is this acknowledging that my Olsen is not, like if I had a Midgeland Olsen? Yeah, I guess in limited. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. because it's just because it's part of the collection. But like, let's just say it's undeniable that you know you, you felt like the price was too good. You felt like the fixtures coming up. I Maybe mean, this is like a really good goal example. The fixtures coming up are going to be crap, but he just rips four hundreds in a row. Yeah, yeah. And now the best here is even better. I'm going to keep just I'm just going to keep kicking it on so you give me the answer that I want. And now the best matchup of the season. It's home versus the team at the bottom. They got five red cards last game, so they're just they're playing youth teams and everything. No, of course I'm not selling it. No, no, you already sold it. Are you buying back? You oh, sold it because oh, he four oh. x he four x from where you bought it. You're like, this is actually a good time to sell. The fixture coming up is crap. I'm actually not going to use my middle end collections, and then yeah, he yeah. rips four straight hundreds. And now for the game that you were planning to buy him back on, he's more expensive than you sold him. But it's a collection; it should be easier to buy him back. I know you. You're not yeah. doing it. I so I just think it's a difficult uh, circumstance because 
There's no way I'm selling him in the first place. But had right, I right. sold it's him, a... yeah, there's no yeah. way I'm buying back at that price, like at 4x. I just wait until it comes. Yeah, down. so you missed the best. You missed the best one, and your four other middling cards all drop a hundred. Olson drops a hundred, and you uh, played the guy that got rotated on the bench. Yeah, I. Nobody ever wants to buy back for more than they sold for. Exactly. Even if you sold for a huge profit. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, and, and, yeah. I, I, and you don't equate the profit in there. That's the funniest thing. We don't equate the profit that we made right, right. in that math. We just go, sold for here, bought back for here. Right. Like the, the, the previous transaction should not matter at but all. But it does. Totally right. Does. Right, right. Right. It should be as if I never owned this card. And all of a sudden I came onto it and it was like, okay, this is what the price is. The thing is, is that I think that there is a, not like a responsibility of the, of the so rare manager, but like, I should be able to, I should look to see why, why the price went up. And if I saw like, oh, he's on a heater, like I probably wouldn't buy because of that, not because of like a previous sale or previous sure. like transactions with it. So by the way, hell is officially real. Laird yeah, Soder yeah. is down 15 minutes Soder before the down. As somebody that gen- so it's I, funny I that like Maxine time. just walked in and all of a sudden Soder is down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a new one. Um, by the way, this I want to thank Laird publicly for doing this stream at nine at nine my time, because if he would not, I would be setting lamps right now and completely and utterly effed. So thank you. You're welcome. It. You're welcome. <laughs> I actually had a complaint that I told everyone here as if they cared. Um, but I went to, I uh, opened the SoRare app to see how long I had until the deadline. Like I decided to look there instead right. of just like looking at a clock or my watch. Um, and the Premier League competition show first. And so it says like yes. deadlines in three, three days. days. And I was just like, I missed it. And then, then I'm like, wait a minute. I can't, I couldn't have missed it. It's like, I finally did the time math and I'm like, no, this is, this is fine. And Dude, the, you, how, how far did your heart sink though? In that quick yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. It was on the floor. Just, I was like, oh, I love well, that you're actually, honest, I was like midweek and I'm just like, eh. oh, well, you know what the best part about that whole story is you're in a place right now that I assume everybody around you plays so rare and you had that, you could have just asked it and said you had the moment of the complete heart drop. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, um, so 500. I had yeah. one more theme to set. I was thinking about buying forward. Oh, no. No, it's all right. It's okay. going to buy a forward. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just buy one more card 12 minutes before the deadline. What could, what I mean, I mean, 12 minutes before the deadline is when way too many of my buys occur. And there are actually probably way too many of my regrets that now are sitting in my, my gallery for a very long time. Yeah. I'm getting pinged on Discord. They're working on it. Don't worry, guys. They're working on it. Shani, you just probably go to this. Better not delete my line of stuff. That would be the pitchfork moments. Everybody just gets cleared out. Oh, no. Glenn said he hasn't set his training lineups. Academy, Glenn. Academy. Just Glenn just set a support ticket for your XP. So her crash because I'm in France. <laughs> Ripping the so rare continuum. Uh, Jack said, what? Crazy people wait until this time for lineups anyway. I was looking to do my lineups for the weekend in the next hour. Oh, hi, Jack. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. 
Oh, Nanzo said the hour before deadline is for refining, not setting. But what, what, Nanzo, what happens when your refinement deletes all your lineups? Because you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me refine this by starting over. In fairness, for a midweek like this, Nanzo probably needs much more time than just this. I have like four so, teams out, only one of which I think can do anything. Else. Oh, we're back. Everyone. So uh, this is just a. Uh, for for the degen sickos out there that feel I I want like uh, to feel better about myself. So this morning after I bought a super rare on a whim, I uh, want to make sure I'm putting it in the right spot. So I called my second set of lineups that I was setting on server data. I need bleeping help because I just have problems. But I love that feature by the way. The which one? If nobody knows on lineup builder. Don't don't delete all your other lineups. Just make a new set. Oh, a new draft. Just yeah. call it something. A new draft, and just yeah. call it, you know, revision two. Yeah. That way you don't screw <clears throat> up your other lineups. I feel like if you saw somebody saying so rare is back, you'd think like, oh, we're all rich. <laughs> to the <laughs> moon. Andy yeah, just bought moon. his yacht. <laughs> Trimaran. Trimaran. Uh, okay, <clears throat> I have to go play football. Enjoy it. It's going to be something, all right. Um, well, well can, can we get it real quick? Let's let's do this for just fun. What do you predict your SO5 score to be? There's going to be a negative decisive somewhere. I'm just not sure which one it's going okay. to be. Okay. How are you going to do on duels? You going to... I tend not to get involved, so it's probably going to be like <laughs> just net. A little like Ole defense here, and I don't, I won't get close enough for it to be like a real duel. You're like, um, you're like ah, let me just get off. Move off of that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, yeah. We're, we're, you're, you're thinking like maybe like a 37, 38. We, we get like three yeah. AA just randomly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you guys could please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Shout out to Quinny, who was here earlier. I forgot to fist bump him uh, as well. Um, Brazil said I'm forgetting about the BCM. I probably won't even be in a position to get a big chance close to me. So don't worry about it. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone. We're, uh, let's see, tomorrow, Quinny is not going to be on the preview show. We have someone else who's joining me. Um, so stay tuned for that and then a bunch of stuff for the rest of the week. So thank you, everybody, and uh, good luck in the next nine minutes for your midweek lineups. <laughs>